You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our Market Talk podcasts. I'm Gavin O'Carroll from AIB and this is the third in a series of special podcasts focusing on the main sectors of the economy which are being impacted by this pandemic. Today we're going to focus on what many would acknowledge as the most essential of sectors, the retail, grocery and convenience sector. We're delighted to host Conor O'Mahony from the Musgrave Group, Alan Maycomb, Head of Retail and Franchising Sector from AIB Business Banking, John Delahunty, a Director in AIB Corporate Banking, and our own Treasury Economist, John Fahey. Thank you for joining us. Bringing you onto the pitch, firstly, our customer. Conor, thank you sincerely for joining us. No problem at all, Gavin. Conor, Musgrave Group has a huge role to play in the Irish economy, supporting the employment of over 41,000 people through your business and network of 1,400 retail partners, including household names that are listed would know, like Super Value Centre, Daybreak and more. You are uniquely placed to see across the grocery sector having a view through the supply chains from wholesaler to retail stores in the ground all over the country. Could you please give us an idea firstly of how COVID has impacted the grocery sector and how your retail partners are coping and performing through the last few hard weeks and any dramatic changes over recent weeks? No problem, Gavin. And directly addressing your question on the grocery sector, we're definitely seeing quite a bit of, of changed patterns in this. I suppose as most guys, we get sales data right down to product line info on a daily basis. So we know exactly what's going on pretty much live. We can see declines in football. We can see declines in frequency. But we can also see larger trolley shops in super value and neighborhood center stores. We can see an explosion in the online shopping. Uh, and I would call it an explosion. We see growth areas in fresh, central to store and alcohol. Then conversely, the challenges are around deli, inputs, bakery, that real type food to go type um, offering in the stores. They are challenged. And there are also changes to the times of day that the customers actually shop the stores from what we would have seen pre-COVID. It's important to make the point when you try to break it down. We have a huge number of different formats, be it Centra, Super Value, big stores, small stores right across the economy. And they're experiencing different dimensions to COVID. And I break those down into two categorizations. One is our Super Value and our, our larger Centra's neighborhood type stores and some conv- larger convenience stores. They're generally seeing an increase in sales. But the makeup of those sales has changed significantly for a lot of those retailers. We're seeing a swing away, as I say, from the football driving categories such as deli, coffee, in-store services. But what the retailers are also seeing then is the store's cost base has increased. And that's for a lot of reasons. The additional labour cost that I mentioned already in the section here and COVID-related impacts directly, stuff such as hand sanitizers, retailers need to have outside the doors, the prospect glass that we see at Tills, that whole dynamic is adding cost. So you're getting a big sales bounce. Your mix of business has changed away from probably the, the more food to go stuff. And there's a lot of more costs coming into your cost base with those type of retailers. So a lot going on there and a lot to manage. Then your your second tranche of the dynamic that we would see is the more high convenience stores that are really driven by footfall. So high convenience city center, large town, urban kind of locations, forecourt stores then, which we have quite a few as well. And we all see that there's less traffic out there on the roads. There's less food being bought. Those stores have been challenged in terms of football as well for that very reason. In a lot of these cases, turnover and football has simply evaporated almost overnight. I suppose some of the stores at the extremes of this scale, they can be seeing turnover declines of anywhere between 80 and 90%. So massive, massive numbers. So you have a whole range of impacts there in terms of turnover from lower levels right up to that type of decline. The core sales drivers are significantly impacted, like I've already said. And, and then for these stores, the supports from pillar banks such as AAB, their supplier being Musgis ourselves, and the government supports, and I refer particularly to the temporary wage subsidy scheme, these have actually been, I suppose I'm not exaggerating by saying, they've been business lifesavers for these retailers over the past number of weeks. We have a number of stores that are actually closed because it's been the prudent decision to make. They haven't been able to sustain the ongoing football declines over the last number of weeks. So what they've had to do is take that hard call to actually 
close their doors on a temporary basis. And we'll support them in that and we'll support them in the reopening as well when that comes in due course. So, Connor, bring us to what are you doing to help in those graves? I'd like to reiterate our priority at all times to help our retailers and our customers in these uncertain times. And I, I really think that we're uniquely positioned in the Irish market to do this. And that's across a whole range of areas. Our dedicated team dealing with the availability challenge in stores. And so that has been a massive focus. We need to get product on shelves. We have a dedicated team working on that and they're doing so very successfully. We have our own essential workers, I suppose, out there on the roads, being our sales teams in both brands, dealing directly with our retailers and liaising to adequate social distancing measures every single day to make sure that our retailers are happy, we're listening to their concerns and we're supporting them in any challenges that they have. And those challenges arise numerous times in any single day, given the dynamic we're experiencing. And one piece I'd like to refer to is um, something close to my own heart is our own dedicated retail finance team. This is a unique service that Musgrave provide. And what it entails is it's, it's basically a team of very highly qualified uh, accountancy professionals. And what they're doing is they're helping retailers through these uncertain times. They're literally picking up the phone, speaking to retailers down the end of the line, just listening to the problems, listening to their issues. They're guiding them along with the retailers' advisors through these tough times from a financial perspective. In certain cases, Musgraves will step in and support the liquidity challenge that some of these retailers have seen in the last number of weeks. And this is where retailers are doing absolutely everything in their power, which pretty much everyone down to a single person is doing to ensure that they can make their profit and loss account work in, in the short term and, and make these businesses viable and to survive and reduce footfall. We also have dedicated HR teams that were set up in the early days of COVID to, to look at the modelling of absenteeism in stores. So obviously we were taking the inputs from the, the wider feedback in terms of where absenteeism was likely to go and where the sickness curve was likely to go. We built that into our own model as well with our HR team that would have given us certain pinch points in certain locations and certain stores at, at points in time. And what we had done is we developed a, a redeployment team essentially in HR to redeploy staff from stores that might not necessarily be as busy as they once were into stores that were actually busier than they once were. So managing that whole dynamic has been a, has been a huge a huge piece of work and being done very well, I would suggest, between ourselves and our retailers. And then the last piece I'd like to refer to is we have a dedicated store design team who have worked with the sales teams and the retailers on the ground to ensure that those social distancing measures are in place in terms of signage, prospect screens around the, the checkout and so on. So a lot going on there. Let me finish up then on, on this point is how are retailers actually making this work? And what I would say here is that in, in the challenge stores that I've referred to, the retailers are being massively proactive in putting every single financial lever I describe it as on, on their P&L to make sure that their businesses can survive in these tough COVID times. And they're doing so in as prudent a fashion as possible. They're speaking directly to their, their banks, such as AIB, and other key st stakeholders, such as Musgraves, and, and all are being, um, from our experience, very supportive to date. And that needs to be called out. Some of the retailers, as I say, have closed their doors temporarily. Now, it's a very, very small number, and we don't envisage many more. A lot of stores actually have closed their delis where footfall is down, and it's not economically viable for them just to just have the delis open. So there have been tough decisions taken by retailers, but they're the right decisions. I would say they are talking directly to us as Musgraves, as their main supplier. The retailers, as I mentioned, they're leveraging the government income subsidy schemes keep employees and work and keep their doors open. They're also accessing, accessing the SBCI working capital funds through the pillar banks and AAB indeed to deal with the liquidity challenge as well, okay, and basically leveraging whatever government supports are out there. And then in the stores whose turnover is actually up, but but the rest of their PL dynamic might have shifted, they're, I suppose they're quickly getting to terms with what this new normal means to them. They're managing waste tightly in stores. Stores are tailing to the rosters to meet new shopping patterns. They've up weighted resource and infrastructure around online. 
So that's probably it for me to, to sum up, Gavin. Thank you. I have to say, Connor, that's a superb strategic focus. Just in terms of my own treasury background, we, we remember when a lot of companies across the country weren't preparing for Brexit in, in, in the way you would you would feel that they would really need to last year. And we were one of the first big names that we knew cross-border was, was taking huge efforts behind the scenes, not only yourselves as a group, but you in terms of supporting your own uh, franchises and retail businesses around the scene. So this doesn't surprise me to hear how deep you're ingrained within your network yes. Connor in terms of the performance of your own business how is that performing at the moment importantly have you seen any evidence of supply chain challenges as a result of COVID yeah Gavin maybe just to take that one it, it's been a very difficult time and a trying time for, for us as a whole but as primarily your comments our key areas of focus are on ensuring that we and our retailer partners are best prepared to keep supply on shelves and working together to come out the other end of COVID with, a, with an even stronger partnership than what we already have and an even more loyal customer base and quite all the time operating to the social distancing guidelines that are out there. So I think we're very well positioned for this challenge and have been striving admirably uh, in that space over the last number of weeks. But to answer your point directly, we have a hugely resilient supply chain function, which while extremely busy, is operating extremely well. I think it's something that we're very, very proud of in Musgraves right through COVID and, and at all times, in fact, as well. You referred to Brexit earlier on. We, we were very well positioned in terms of planning. We had a dedicated team on Brexit, very early days in that whole process that has stood us in really, really good state. We had contingency planning right down to the product level detail for products coming in from various supply chains and countries around the globe. And that has followed through right into the dynamic that we're seeing now in COVID in terms of taking those learnings and taking that work. It hasn't been wasted in any way. We, we did take out additional warehouse capability and capacity around the country at the time of Brexit. So that again is helping us in terms of our COVID dynamic where stores are, are, are selling more than what they had in previous times. So that's something that has really followed through here and has really given us a good bounce going into COVID. I suppose overall, we feel that we're performing very strongly in, in this space that we're well positioned to take advantage of the overall uptick in the economy once we start getting back to some level of business as usual in, in due course as restrictions start to lift. So I think, yes, performing quite well. Supply chain challenge, but, but we are responding to it. Bringing our economist in, John Faggy. John, the retail sector is so important in the Irish economy. Can you quantify its importance? So when we look at uh, what it contributes from an employment perspective, which is probably the cleanest way to look at it, total employment in the economy as at the end of 2019 was just over 2.3 million. And the wholesale and retail sector overall contributed about, accounted for about over 300,000 of those jobs. In other words, somewhere in the region of 15%. So it's a key employer in the economy. Now, obviously, it's unfortunately at the moment, given the restrictions in place to deal with COVID-19, it's also one of the most impacted sectors, along with travel, tourism and leisure. Uh, so the retail sector overall is getting hit. Now, as Connor said in his uh, earlier on, supermarkets and the like are obviously still doing very well but overall the retail sector in terms of smaller shops that type of thing that are closed due to the restrictions so really when we look at the outlook uh, for the sector it's very much dependent in terms of its recovery uh, on when the restrictions get eased and an e and the pace of easing in these restrictions so that's really the key thing because for all intents and purposes a lot of businesses in the sector are, are shut down at the moment are operating on very limited online presence or takeaway type presence. So that's the key thing. It's really the lifting of the restrictions will drive the recovery. But overall, when we look at the economy and the uh, starting point, okay, we've in the middle of a very tough crisis at the moment, big surge in unemployment. And obviously the unemployment is a 
is an important aspect of what happens in consumer spending. But as businesses reopen, we should start to see a fallback uh, from those highs in the unemployment rate, which should in itself help consumer spending in the sector and in the economy overall. So as we get into the second half of the year, uh, we should start to see improvement on the consumer spending front. And therefore, that should show true too in terms of the the retail sector as more businesses in the resale sector uh, reopen and start to operate. Alan, I'm just going to bring you in now. You are AIB's sector lead in the retail and wholesale sectors. What guidance can you offer customers on how best to approach their bank for supports? Thanks, Gavin, and thanks to you, Connor, for that uh, really comprehensive review. Uh, firstly, I suppose, just to acknowledge the huge contribution that so many of our grocery and convenience customers are making at this time. They're really providing essential services to their local communities, and they're doing so in such a safe and efficient manner. We really appreciate that, and I think retailers and their staff deserve great credit and huge thanks to their reaction for this crisis. In terms of what customers can and should be doing, that's an interesting question. As Connor alluded to, the impact across the sector has been really varied. And this is reflected in the conversations that we're having with our own customers, some of whom are holding their own or performing quite well, but many others have seen quite a deterioration in their performance with revenue down, particularly in those areas that Connor outlined there, the high footfall city centre or shopping areas or some of the social districts that have seen a real deterioration in footfall. But also the four core convenience guys where we're seeing less and less car flow around the country. But on the basis that no one size fits all solutions in place, there's still some piece of advice that can be taken on board by everyone. The first really important thing for all the customers to do is reevaluate their working capital position. Look at a really granular level at the inflows and outflows that customers are experiencing in this new normal situation and try and plan out as best they can what the next number of months look like. For some, Increased trading may actually create an additional working capital requirement for stocking or there may be more costs involved. Connor mentioned a couple there in relation to staffing and the implementation of safety measures across their store. But for many other stores that are trading at a far lower level, the same principles apply in terms of looking at a detailed cash flow plan, but it's for far different reasons. The reduced revenue means customers need to look at their costs and take a very balanced approach, reducing those costs where at all possible identify any kind of non-essential outgoings, be it CapEx plans that they may have in place, or see if there are other costs that can be curtailed, engaging with their creditors and their stakeholders and deferring any repayments where possible. And obviously that includes taking a moratorium on any bank debt repayments. It's just really important for customers that they aren't met with many surprises down the line. Sorry, Alan, what do you mean by that? In terms of surprises, it's essentially trying to get customers to run different scenarios. Nobody really has a crystal ball on what's going to happen next or how long COVID restrictions will actually be in place for or how long it will actually take to return to kind of normal trading positions. Many of our customers, like they're hugely experienced retailers. And in the normal course of business, they could tell you straight away what they would expect in terms of their store performance, be it weekly turnover or margin performance. But unfortunately, we're not living in those normal times. And nobody knows exactly what the next number of weeks and months holds in terms of easing restrictions and a reversion to normal shopping patterns. But customers need to plan for different scenarios, different durations before we actually see business as usual coming back to uh, to Irish economy. Connor, I'm an eternal optimist and just bringing it back to the look forward space Looking ahead to the recovery, whenever that happens, and none of us can predict when, what does the future look like for grocery retail and convenience sectors? Are there any changes that we see now that may have a longer term impact on the sector? 
I think there is. There absolutely is. The first one I'd mention is in terms of grocery retailing, the big one is obviously the growth non-line. We, we spoke about earlier on. Customers who wouldn't traditionally use this route, they've had to do so out of necessity in recent weeks. Brings its own challenges for retailers and indeed for, for certain customers. It requires strict cost-based management for retailers and means being very close to your online profit and loss. It's something that has been growing very quickly. In any case, over the last number of years, we are meeting these new online demands along with our retailers. However, it is something that we now know will be with us to a greater degree than ever into the future. I think it has fundamentally changed and people that have jumped on that online train will, will, will stay on it to a large degree for the, the coming years. And that's something that we all need to deal with and plan for. So that's one big piece for me. The second piece then is in relation to the, the convenience landscape, convenience retailing landscape that has changed significantly. Working alongside the Musgrave team, the retailers who have been significantly impacted by the downturn, so these are the more challenged retailers that I referred to earlier on, they've got to grips the problem in the initial stages. They've all rebased their cost structures. They've faced up to the immediate liquidity challenge. And But I do think there's more to do here. And, and I'm talking more down the line, phase two. We need to ensure that these businesses are best positioned to hit the ground running when the doors reopen. So back to your BAU point, and whenever that actually happens again, we, we need to be ready for it. We need to be thinking about it and we need to be planning for it alongside our retailers. Musgraves are standing alongside them as the wholesale partner. However, this does need to be given a lot of thought across the, the really the macroeconomic framework. There's a lot of stakeholders involved here. We need to see what these businesses require in the medium term to get them back up onto their feet. It simply won't be a case, I think we all appreciate, of flicking a switch and, and your turnover comes back tomorrow morning when restrictions lift. It'll be very much a phased approach. And a lot of these businesses will have simply just parked debt, credit positions uh, in the last number of weeks to ensure that they have the cash to survive. And that was the right thing to do. And it was done in the right fashion and supported by all the stakeholders involved. But as I say, that's just phase one. Phase two for me, which is what we're turning our head to, in recent discussions in Musgraves, that's the unwind of these positions. The retailers will need the continued support of ourselves, Musgraves, and also the banking community, AAB. But they will also need it from the government at large. And what I mean by that is we, we can't overburden businesses with, with these debt credit overhangs from this period. We all need to recognise that this is a temporary position. These are all good, fundamentally viable businesses, and they're all at the heart of our communities, providing a lot of employment. They need to have sustainable futures, and we firmly believe that they have sustainable futures, and we'll be playing our part in that. But what I mean then is there needs to be an equitable and a phased approach by government to deal with the overhangs in these areas. I'm talking about the likes of rates, revenue, rent deferrals. Like we have some thoughts on this and we look to input our thoughts to various fora in the coming weeks and days on behalf of our retail partners. But I think it's something that's very important and, and something that we all need to start turning our head to now at this stage, uh, very much that phase two of COVID. So I suppose that's my thoughts on it, um, Gavin. Here, here, and coming from the real capital in the country as well, it, it reverberates certainly in listening to you. Alan, just, I mean, thinking about it from AAB's perspective, would you like to bring in anything in terms of where we're at? Because the challenges behind the scenes have been significant, no more than what Connor's brought to us from behind the scenes in the Musgraves group. Absolutely, Gavin. For instance, and many similarities, I suppose, in terms of the performance of our own business and the retail grocery business and how we've had to react. In terms of a message to customers, I'd really like to encourage them to uh, understand everything that's available to them in terms of supports, encourage them to engage with their major stakeholders, and particularly engage with their bank and understand what action that they can take to protect their business. In AAB, all our branches still remain open. Our direct and our business banking teams are working incredibly hard and are available to talk to our customers and work with them on implementing appropriate solutions. I'd encourage businesses to contact their bank 
discuss their situation, review their scenario planning, and talk about the requirements that they may have over the coming months. Also, there is the option to visit our COVID-19 hub on our website at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19, where there's a wide range of detail on all the supports that are available for SMEs. Thanks, Alan. Okay, so Connor brought us the grocery perspective, and I'm going to bring in John Delahunty from our corporate world to bring us the view across the non-grocery retail sector. John, you manage a diverse portfolio across many sectors, and you've spent time talking with customers, gaining an understanding of how these key players have responded across the sector. What are our customers telling you? Thanks, Gavin. As you can imagine, there's a lot going on. In non-grocery retail, we see everything from petrol stations and motorway sites to homewares retailers to toy retailers to discount stores, pharmacies, luxury good retailers such as jewellers and department stores. Unfortunately, a lot of these guys are falling into that non-essential category and, and have had to close. What they're really focusing on, though, is increasing their online capacity. And a number of our retailers are having significant success there, increasing online sales by a factor of eight. For the guys that are open, we are seeing the same reduction in activity in petrol stations and motorway sites Connor mentioned earlier as the lockdown really bites. This is occurring in Ireland and the UK, but the lockdown in the US is not quite as severe, although there is a significant reduction in travel. In our pharmacy stores, we're seeing dispensing volumes increasing, but in-store retail significantly reducing. In grocery convenience, we are seeing footfall is down, average basket sizes are up, and online traffic is considerably up. There is a shift to local purchasing, both regional and suburban. Local centres and high street units are winning, while urban units and big destination retail centres are unfortunately missing out. Both consumer dynamics and expectations are changing, and we are seeing retailers responding rapidly to this, especially around customer experience. The most important aspect of in-store experience to consumers now is COVID readiness. The availability of PPE for staff, checkout screens, one-way systems in-store, hand sanitizing units, etc. are becoming really important to customers and customer safety is king. Reducing the number of aisles, widening those aisles, removing marketing and other clutter is creating space for social distancing, which is really important. Having a spacious car park really helps with social distancing and this is turning into a real asset for retailers that have that. Social distancing queues outside of stores are another opportunity to improve experience. Customers are seeking to reduce social queuing times, provide water to those that are queuing, and are using managers and not security guards to manage this process, as this is a key part of the customer experience. COVID has brought the trend to more localized spending. Our customers are taking advantage of this by creating real relationships with their customers locally. Online deliveries and customer service levels on this offering is really, really important way of building customer loyalty. Building community ties with sporting clubs, supporting local clubs and amenities, and using social media effectively and subtly, and this is resonating really well with our customers. John, as you've done your whistle-stop tour of some of the key players over the last 48 hours in this particular sector, what's the key theme that you see coming out of this? A change in buyer behaviours. Consumers are, re are reacting to COVID in, in very similar ways. Our retailers are seeing Thursday, Friday, Saturday shopping now being peak, early morning shopping being peak, a shift to more ambient product, a huge shift to cleaning products. Uh, soap is up 300%, Domestos, bleaches up 170%. Anything to do with homewares and DIY, our retailers are, are being you know asked for lines that they don't normally stock, like paint, wood varnish, nails, etc. So we're seeing a real focus on purchasing in relation to stuff that you can use at home. 
it's a it's a real mix to local and local being best and there's a real opportunity to create that local relationship Connor, as our customer, and thank you for joining us today. I just want to give you the final words just to sum up your points. Thanks, Gavin. I suppose maybe just to sum up, I might just reiterate two points. First one for me, as ever, is we have a fantastic bunch of super value and central retailers out there that are performing very admirably in the face of absolutely unprecedented challenge. We in Mosby strongly feel that we're really well prepared to keep serving our communities as we have been doing through COVID working together with our retailers to come out the other end even stronger in terms of our partnership and with an even more loyal customer base. I think we're really responding to that and there's a good reaction out there. I suppose my second point is not to underestimate that, that this COVID challenge for retail is not one size fits all. It's very important that Ireland as an economy phases into the recovery phase when that comes, but with a joined up and creative plan to reboot things. I think we're all very cognizant of that. The businesses suffering now are very good, viable SMEs right at the heart of communities. And they need to be allowed the space to rebuild when that time comes. So I'd probably just like to leave it at that point, Gavin. Connor, thanks indeed. And thank you sincerely to uh, Connor, Alan and both Johns for your contribution and your time today. That's Connor Mahoney, Head of Retail Accounting with the Musgraves Group. We're most appreciative for him for bringing all that great information from their group today. Alan Makem and John Delahunty of AIB's Corporate Institutional and Business Banking Teams in AIB. And John Fahey, our Senior Economist, bringing the important steps you could be taking to get through this crisis and these uncertain times. For more detailed information on this sector podcast and indeed this special sector series please see details and links attached to this podcast for the full range of AIB supports available to our customers please visit aib.ie forward slash COVID-19 as Alan alluded to thank you indeed Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.